Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Hey, y'all! I don't know why I'm going full Paula Dean there, but... Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. Rhino down there in, in uh, Studio X. Rhino, I'm very sorry. I thought I'd been following you on Twitter for the past five years, and I just found out I haven't been. So I gave you a follow there. I was like, why is this not popping up? I follow him. Nope. Nope. Don't. So I've corrected that mistake. We're all good now. It's not an intentional snub. I am just not. I just, I'm not a smart man. Thanks, guys, for joining me here on uh, on Super Talk on a Wednesday evening. We've got a lot to talk about, and we're going to talk about. It's good. we haven't had like a really good one topic show in quite a while, but this week we we've, we've got one. And if you're wondering what that one topic is, perhaps this musical interlude will tell you. Yeah. Whoever sang that has just got the voice of an angel. What a week of, of recruiting it's been. Basically six days going back to last Thursday um, at the Top Dog Camp, Mississippi State, which you guys might remember, we talked about it on this show and we talked about it on Sports Talk Mississippi. Mississippi State was just kind of, you know, just sort of sitting there. No recruiting momentum whatsoever. No juice. Top players in the state seemingly uninterested in Mississippi State. And then the top dog camp happens, and now State can't stop getting commits. They've picked up, uh, I believe, five in the last six days, and they've made a huge, huge push uh, across the state with a lot of their, their top targets. And it's been kind of interesting to see, to be totally honest with you. Um, and we're going to talk a little later in the show about why. Uh, what is, you know, why is Mississippi State going to recruit like this? This looks like this is going to be the plan for this staff. We were questioning this staff. I was questioning this staff just a couple of weeks ago. They must have heard. They were just, yeah, we, we got to get Haydad back on our side. I, you know, I get it. You, you, you want a powerful voice behind you, like, like me. That's what we'll go with anyway. Uh, but yes, Mississippi State, uh, has, has, you've seen their class uh, ranking jump up uh, to 29th overall. I, I think they were in the low 50s when this started, and that, that ranking is going to continue to go up. They, they currently have one prospect that's unrated by any recruiting service. He'll get a rating, and that'll that'll jump them up a little bit. And then you, uh, they have a another prospect who we'll, we'll discuss in de- detail a little bit more uh, that they're just waiting on 
uh, until next weekend, he will make his commitment to Mississippi State known. And that that's a bit he's a high enough rated player that's going to put them into the top twenty five and probably closer to the top twenty. We're going to get a lot of detail later in about ten minutes uh, because my good friend Paul Jones, the 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 recruiting expert on all things Mississippi State from twenty seven sports, is going to join me here on the program. But State got things started on on Thursday with Terrence Hibbler, big kid. 6'3", 285, defensive lineman out of Holmes County Central High School up there in Lexington, Mississippi. They kept that going with Luke Work. What a great name for an offensive lineman. Luke Work. Just you, you, If he's not good, I'm going to be really sad with a name like that. 6'6", 285-pound uh, kid out of Memphis. Um, then a couple of days later, they add, they, they flip... Uh, is it too early for Flipmas? Well, the weather outside is frightful, but the recruiting is delightful. They flip Fred Clark uh, from Ole Miss, uh, a linebacker out of Winona, with an elite nickname. Do you know his nickname, Rana? I do not. Oh, I got, you're going to be excited. All right, that's a linebacker now. That's not an offensive lineman, but he goes by Fat Clark. There you and go. And it is it's. It's F A T. It's not P H A T. It's it's fat like Fat Clark. What? A, that's an elite nickname, right? Yeah. Just gotta get him banned from a buffet. <laughs> if he goes with me, he will be. We'll take China Garden down big time. Uh, so he commits on Tuesday. Decommitted from Ole Miss at the camp, and then was committed to Mississippi State on Tuesday. Three-star linebacker. Uh, good offer sheet for him. Then today. Mississippi State picks up a commitment from Xavier Gayton, uh, a running back slash athlete out of Brookhaven. I think State is recruiting him as a safety. Uh, he's the kid with no ranking as of yet, but he was very impressive at the top dog camp. So we'll see an initial ranking uh, coming on his uh, on his profile very soon. And then there's another player who is committed to. All right, this is where we're going to have to like you know we have to delve into the the terminology of recruiting of 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 how we, uh, you know, we look at recruiting because I am told this kid is committed to Mississippi State, but he wanted to make his commitment public on the 18th of this month, uh, I, due to the fact that this is some, um, I, I, some it, it's it's a, it's a uh, special day in his family. I don't know if it's. Uh, uh, you know, his, his parents, something for his mom or his dad or whatever, somebody's birthday. But Traveris Banks, now this is a four star safety out of Tuscaloosa, Alabama, uh, with offers from, and I mean, this is a very impressive offer sheet Alabama, Tennessee, Auburn, Florida, Florida State, Notre Dame, Ole Miss, Texas A&M. I mean, that's a really good offer sheet. He's currently rated as the number 148 player, regardless of position, uh, in the country. And the number uh, twelve safety in the country on the twenty four seven composite, he will be added to this class. He was in the class. Again, I don't, I don't have all the, the the logistics of it, but he was on the commitment list Thursday night, and at that point, State's class was ranked twenty fifth with him in it. They removed him. I guess he he went to the coach and said, "Can I make my commitment public later on the eighteenth? And so when that happens, and he gets added, like I said, that should put Mississippi State closer to the top 20. See, that's a that's a great recruiting haul right there. You're doing great. You, you've, you've picked up a lot of momentum. 
They also picked up a lot of momentum with some of their top targets. Most importantly, I think, is the Starkville kid, Braylon Burnside, and better known as Stonka Burnside, uh, a wide receiver. At the end of the day with Mississippi State, the perception of losing another Starkville wide receiver, especially possibly to Ole Miss, was just not, it could not be allowed to happen. Uh, evidently, he is very, very comfortable with Coach Chad Bumpus, which surprises me not at all that Chad Bumpus would be able to come in and recruit Mississippi receivers. He is going to be a guy that I think once he is a part of this class, and there's a lot of smoke that he will join sooner rather than later because he knows he is a player that other players are going to want to play with. He's a very popular player among the Mississippi top players. And he, he wants to be that guy who sort of draws people into the Mississippi State class. So that went really well for Mississippi State. I was told they made a lot of headway with P.J. Woodland out of Oak Grove High School, a four-star defensive back. That's one of the probably their top defensive back uh, target. That's a guy they want in this class very badly. I was told they made some good progress with William Eccles, a big offensive lineman out of Houston, Mississippi. You would think Mississippi State would have a good chance with a kid from Houston, you know, with Chris Jones and everything there. So we'll see how how that turns out. San Francisco McGee, a kid who came to this camp looking to get an offer, had a tremendous camp, ran really well, big wide receiver out of uh, Macomb, Mississippi. Mississippi State expects him to be in the class at this time. And then there's a number of other players, guys like Alex Foster out of Greenville, St. Joe. State feels really good about their chances uh, of landing him at this time. And then you have J.J. Harrell who is the top-rated receiver in the state of Mississippi, currently, de- just recently, I'm sorry, decommitted from Tennessee. Uh, and now, at this point, it appears to be a straight battle between State and Ole Miss, and it just depends on who you ask. If you ask the state recruiting guys, they tell you he's leaning towards Mississippi State. If you ask the Ole Miss guys, they tell you he's leaning towards Ole Miss. Somebody's going to be wrong on signing day. We get to have one of those great moments where somebody's going to be wrong. So we'll see which one it is. But if State can land Burnside and Harrell, that's a huge momentum shift. Because you think about State and the way they've had to recruit receivers over the past decade, they just haven't been able to get those top in-state guys. Obviously with DK Metcalf, you know, you kind of knew he was going to Ole Miss. But A.J. Brown, they lost out on him. And lost out on Jonathan Mingo. And lost out on, I mean, the, the list is long. Of guys who, you know, last year Aiden Williams had really no interest in Mississippi State. So, State needs to turn that around. Getting Burnside and Harrell would go a long way to that. We'll go deeper into this in just a minute when we come back. Paul Jones from 24 7 Sports is going to join us. He'll give us all the inside scoop and maybe tell us who's going to be next to join this class uh, for the Bulldogs and for Zach Arnett. So, Paul will join us when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. It's a recruiting kind of day here on Thunder and Lightning. 
Brian Haydad back with you here on a Wednesday evening, and I'm joined now by Paul Jones, my good friend from 24-7 Sports, who's covered recruiting in this state for a long, long time. Nobody knows it better. Paul, not quite the, the, the night of 2014 in, in, the, in the big dog camp where, where everything was just incredibly crazy, but this is, has to be about as successful uh, a few days of recruiting for Mississippi State as you've seen in quite some time. I would agree with that, and, and you know, I think we're still going to see some trickle-down effect from that uh, over the next, I'd say, week or, or you know, anywhere from seven to ten days uh, coming up here in June. And, and I think stuff you see in the future will be tied back to that top dog camp. And while we, you know, we won't see quite, I don't know if we'll ever experience that again in 2014, but, you know, while we may not see the number that, high number of commitments at the end of the day when you break down the stars and, and where these guys rank i think that i think this group may end up surpassing that group back then so um you know it's it's just kind of the norm you know i know Mississippi state fans get impatient um it was kind of an <laughs> abnormal slow start this year to recruiting and you know obviously first year head coach um New offensive coordinator, somewhat new face at defensive coordinator, although Matt Brock's been here. But, you know, it seems like things always pick up at summer camp, no matter who the head coach is, no matter what the year is. They, you know, they do some of their best recruiting in the summertime. And here we are again. And, uh, you know, it's been a, a successful first week uh, so far of camps. And, you know, like I said, I, I expect that to continue over the next nine to ten days. You've covered camps going all the way back to you know to Dan Mullen and Moorhead, Mike Leach. You when you watch this staff and the way they recruit, what stands out for you for about them? Well, one difference this year is, and, and of course, a lot of this has to do with the changing of the rules in CAA. It, it uh, kind of gets crazy sometimes with their rules with summer camps, but uh, kind of not to compare the recruiting to Dan Mullen, but we, we've kind of reverted back to camps under Dan Mullen. What I mean is, I think uh, under Joe Moorhead, and then, of course, we had COVID with no camps, and then the last two seasons of Mike Leach, the summers we had, uh, it was like five or six camps. Most of them were on the weekend, and you had, you know, 250, 300 guys there, uh, almost too many, if you will, outside of the top dog in the elite camps. But, you know, this year the – it's been more of a set number. Uh, you know, obviously last Saturday was a bigger group, probably 150, 175 guys. But for the most days, it's been, you know, 75, 80 guys. And I expect that the rest of the way uh, as we they finish up camps next week. Uh, it's been a good group, been a good manageable group. And, and of course, kids get more reps. But, um, you know, a lot of years of experience out there when – when you're watching David Turner and Tony Hughes and guys like that go through camp drills, even Will Friend, uh, Matt Brock, those guys have been around a while. And, uh, you know, I, I think one thing that I've noticed, uh, Brian, is how everything's on schedule. And, of course, you know, Arnett, is, uh, he wants to get in there, get some work done and, and make sure the guys, you know, get the drill work that they need to get. But, uh, it's been regular on time, and I think a lot of that, of course, is you don't have the big numbers, you know, in less days than we saw last year because, you know, you get 200 kids and you got to test them on the 40 vertical and all that. You kind of get slowed down when you get started. But 
you know, they're supposed to have camp drills from 11 to 1, and they've been pretty much on the clock every day so far. There's been a lot of, of talk about the new additions to the class, Hibbler, Fred Clark, uh, Xavier Gayton, and there's been a lot of talk about the players who we think are going to join this class. But you got your first real look at Josh Flowers last Thursday at the Top Dog Camp, State's four-star uh, quarterback commitment out of Mobile. What did you think of him? Better arm than I expected. That kid's got a strong arm. And, of course, he's got good size. He probably checked in at probably about 210 pounds or so. And I think uh, I think I remember he ran like a 4.740. So uh, solid speed for that size. But his arm really stood out to me. And, of course, uh, like most high school guys, he sailed a few passes and drills, and that's the normal. But uh, that guy can sling it now. And he's got um, – I mean, I guess – They've had some pretty solid quarterbacks here lately in their classes. I mean, you look at Chris Parson and guys like that that have good arms. But, you know, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Man, he's probably got – I don't even know who I'd have to go back to to compare his arm with as far as uh, commitment from from Mississippi State and their quarterback group. But uh, he may have one of the strongest ones I've seen in several years as far as Mississippi State commitments go. So I want you to explain to me, because I don't quite get it either, and of course my audience here, the Traveris Bank situation, because commit you, it's, it seems to be publicly known that he's committed. He was on the commitment list for a, for a little while there on Thursday night, but now it's just listed as favorite, but he's supposed to commit on the 18th. What exactly is this situation? Yeah, he's just going to wait and uh, go public with that, um, you know, and he's he's had that date picked out for a while. And, um, you know, to me, so far, uh, that's been the biggest surprise to me. But when you look at his history at Mississippi State, uh, it it probably shouldn't have been his biggest surprise. The kid has been over here a lot. Mississippi State was his very first offer. Uh, He plays for – now he's at Hillcrest. And Tuscaloosa uh, was at Northridge in Tuscaloosa, but this will be his first year at Hillcrest. Uh, a lot of familiar faces on that staff that, that Mississippi State fans and Starville fans may know. Obviously, their head coach is Jamie Miller, uh, that was Starville High School yeah. coach for many years over here, a very successful coach. Uh, but he's, uh, I think he told me his, his first cousin passed away on that day, and he's had that day saved for several months now. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure he gave Mississippi State coaches a, a good indication of what he wanted to do at Top Dog Camp. And, uh, you know, he'll just save that day and, uh, you know, if you look at the calendar, that's the day after Mississippi State's last camp, uh, the final camp for Mississippi State in this month. Of course, they'll have one more and a cookout event in July, but final day is June 17th, so he'll make his decision public on June 18th, and, and that will probably be a, a good way to cap off the month of June for these for these coaches. Outside of Banks, who do you, who's the next guy you would not be surprised to see make a commitment in the coming days? Uh, I'd probably keep an eye on P.J. Woodland. Um, you know, I think we, we've got him listed as an athlete right now. Obviously, he'll probably have to change that because he is a cornerback all the way, and that's what he's going to play in college. And he's a top cornerback in the state, and he's another four-star composite. And, you know, that's what I was mentioning early. When you look at, at all these guys that, that could end up making their decisions, I think you could end up with three or four uh, guys that are that are four-star composites. So it'll be an interesting situation. But uh, P.J.'s got offers from all over the country now and in several conferences. Uh, I think he was at LSU's camp today. LSU just offered him a few weeks ago. 
but that guy's got a long laundry list of offers, Texas, Texas A&M, Oregon, Ole Miss, you name it. Uh, and the SEC, they probably offered him, I think, probably if I off the top of my head, I think Alabama and Georgia may be the only schools in the SEC that have not offered him. And of course, he's got a lot of a lot of connections with Mississippi State staff and Darcel McBath. And Tony Hughes have done an excellent job recruiting him. Uh, Darcel has really been successful in, in hitting on his top cornerback targets. You saw that in last year's class, and I think it's going to carry over to this year's class as well. But uh, he's cousins with DeCarlos Nicholson. Uh, Mississippi State junior cornerback. He's also cousins with Jalen Abram, uh, Mississippi State freshman that just enrolled that came from Old Grove last year. So uh, that would be another solid pickup. And, of course, they got all this started at top dog camp with the commitment of Terrence Hibbler, who, in my opinion, is probably the best defensive lineman in the state. Every year in this state we have a crazy recruitment between state and Ole Miss. Is it going to be J.J. Harrell this year? If I had to put money on it, that would be the one I would choose. Uh, <laughs> you know, and and you know, I I kind of get the feeling though that JJ's going to. I don't think he's going. Of course, as soon as I say that, he'll put out a, a commitment edit somewhere tonight. But I, I really don't get the vibe that he's going to commit anytime soon. Uh, I think he's going to be the guy that that keeps all the in-state fans waiting on December, you know, signing day. If not, commit a little bit before that. But you know, I expect him to. Take a lot of official visits, uh, but at the end of the day, I think it comes down to Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and not really a surprise. You know, I think a lot of people expected it, even when he committed to Tennessee, that that wouldn't last very long. And you know, I remember talking to JJ when he was on a visit at Mississippi State a month or so after that. He was at Mississippi State spring practice, and uh, you know, he was telling me then it's far from over, and he's just enjoying the process. But uh, you know, I, I think that's the one that'll keep. Mississippi State fans on their toes. Uh, you know, Kamari and Franklin's one that will probably keep a lot of people on their toes, but probably more from an out-of-state perspective. You got 30 seconds. I got to ask you a flip question. Kanan Daniels, flips to Mississippi State or no? Oh, long, long way for him, too. I, I don't think he's, he's close to finalizing his situation. I mean, you look at this past weekend, the guy was taking an official visit to Michigan State. Uh, he'll be over here Friday. He'll be over here Friday for seven on seven camp with West Point. Obviously, he'll be over here a lot during the season since it's such a short drive. So, uh, I would not rule him out being in the class. We will see. Paul Jones, twenty four seven. Thanks, man. No problem. Thunder and lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. You called down the thunder. Well, now you got it. Like always, point out that's my friends at Miss Bloom, one of the great new rock bands here in the state of Mississippi. Check them out online. M I S S space B L U M E. You can find all their music on any uh, streaming platform. Check them out; they're really cool. And they, like I said, they're they're homegrown here in the state of Mississippi. So, talking to Paul there. Thanks again to Paul Jones for joining me on, on the uh, on the show. 
you get an idea of this is going to be the new way going forward for Mississippi State. And it is kind of a riff, if you would, on the old way. State has always been a team that the majority of their recruiting has been done in the summer. They fill up during the camps. Uh, they'll take a few early commitments. They'll try to put some late commitments together to fill out the class. But mainly, it's you know you expect that when they get to kickoff on Labor Day weekend that they're going to have 17, 18 kids in this class. That's just the way it's been for for a long time. You know, Ole Miss is a program that they do a lot of their recruiting late. They will come into the they'll come into the Egg Bowl sometimes. You know, they have seven or eight commitments, and then they fill out their class in the final months. That's just how they recruit. You know, especially when you go back to the old days when signing day was in February. You know, January was a was a month for Ole Miss where they would put together a ton of momentum, and State was just kind of scrambling, trying to hold on to their guys in that. Whereas the summer, Ole Miss would not bring in a lot of recruits, and State would just bring them in and, and, and pile up the commitments. Just different ways of doing things. This particular class is obviously, as, as, as Paul said, kind of hamstrung by the fact that he has so many first-year coaches on the staff. They wanted to be able to see these guys in person. That's why it was such a slow start. They, had, they were telling kids, look, when you get to camp, we're going we're gonna to do everything we got to do. And that's what's happened. They got to these first couple of camps, and the recruiting is, is started to pick up. And that's why, I, you know, as Paul said, you're going to see a bunch more commitments over the next couple of weeks for Mississippi State. And some really good, highly rated kids, kids that are high up on Mississippi State's target list. So, you know, and you, if you're looking ahead to next year, it's probably going to be the same way. It might be a little different because State will have seen some of these, you know, 2025 kids who are sophomores and well, I guess they're technically now they're juniors in high school. Now the high school's out. You know, if you look at twenty four seven, they've ranked nine kids in the state of Mississippi for next year. My guess is all of those kids could commit to Mississippi State right now. Now I know for a fact Caleb Cunningham, Caleb Cunningham, the five star receiver out of Ackerman, could commit to Mississippi State right now for next season. There's a couple of big defensive linemen in the Pine Belt: Andrew Maddox at Oak Grove, Kevin Otis at Hattiesburg. They could commit to Mississippi State right now. Um, but by and large, it's going to be, hey, we want to see you in camp, we want to see you here, and then we'll, we'll, we'll figure things out. You know, Mississippi State offers are going to be camp offers for most of their targets, and that's just going to be the way it goes going forward. But we, we said all along that we thought this would be a strong recruiting staff. Bumpus, I talked about, young guy, played at State, loves Mississippi State, loves the state of Mississippi. He'll be able to sell Mississippi State. Will Friend has been an outstanding recruiter wherever he's gone in the past. David Turner, an outstanding recruiter and a guy who can point to three different guys that he's recruited that are making $100 million guaranteed in the NFL. That's a strong – you really can't beat that if you want to, for a recruiting statement because that's what kids want to hear. They want to see, they want to see the path to the, to the – you know, an NIL deal is great, and you, you want to have those in place. But it's – can I be a multimillionaire in six, seven years? Can you sell them on that? David Turner can't. Tony Hughes, we all know. The guy's been recruiting in this state for, for three decades. Nobody, There's probably not a high school coach in this state that doesn't have Tony Hughes' phone number and can talk to him anytime they want to. So that's a really strong group for Mississippi State. Brock, Mike Brock, as, as, as Paul mentioned, the defensive coordinator, is a known as a good recruiter. As well, you got a guy like Brett Dewhurst. I don't know a lot about him, Mississippi State's new safeties coach, but he's a young guy. So my guess is he's relatable to today's players. 
Barbe, Schmidt, I don't know a ton about them as recruiters. But Schmidt has coached some big-time programs, as has Barbe. They've coached, Barbe worked for Jim McElwain, who had a great reputation as a recruiter. So, And Arnett, I think, is a good recruiter as well. And you get, you know, you get that, and maybe it's cliched with State, but you get that Arnett, you know, very straightforward, no, no huge promises, just you're going to have to work hard, and that has been the Mississippi State way from Mullen to Moorhead to Leach and now into Arnett, and it's worked. It's worked. State is a team that consistently overplays its recruiting profile, a team that consistently wins more games than it's usually predicted to win. That's that's been the Mississippi State way. The blue chip blue chip ratio was released uh, yesterday. If you're not familiar with that, Bud Elliott from CBS Sports puts it together, and basically, it is a what's the word I'm looking for? It, it ratio. It, it, I don't like the, the term ratio to be honest with you for it, but it looks at how many players on each roster were a four or five star recruit coming out of high school. Mississippi State, and, and the, the, what makes this, this list important, if you are a person who says, you know, stars, says stars don't matter, you need to look at the blue chip ratio. Because the blue chip ratio, no team outside of it has won a national title in the BCS slash playoff era. If you're not above 50% blue chips on your roster, you can't win a national title. It, it just it has never happened. Interesting note here. So in 2014, there was only one team at 70%. It was Alabama, as you might guess. Nine years later, eight teams are above 70%. Alabama's roster is at 90%. Well, So what that means is, let's say if Alabama had 100 players, they only have 85. I don't want to do the math on 85, just forgive me. Nine out of ten were either four- or five-star recruits. At, at, at in high school, Mississippi State's not on this list, as you might guess. The, Auburn is the lowest at fifty-one percent. They're barely hanging on. Of the teams, I would tell you this year could actually win the national title. Michigan at fifty-four percent is the lowest. You know, I don't think Notre Dame could win it. They're at sixty-five percent. I don't think Clemson can win it. They're at seventy-two. I certainly don't think Texas A&M could do it at seventy-three percent. If I had to guess with Mississippi State, they're probably around thirty-five, forty percent at best. But State will go out this year, and they will probably have a chance to beat Texas A&M. They'll have a chance to beat Auburn. They'll have a chance to beat LSU, sitting at 71%. And if State played Penn State, played Oregon, played Notre Dame, I think they would have played Oklahoma, played Miami, I think they would have chances to win those games as well. So it's, it, it matters to, for a, a, to a point if you're talking about winning a national title, but if you're just talking about winning a game, State can go out there and compete with anybody. And they've done a fantastic job through the years of being that team that can scour and find the diamonds in the rough. What you hope is that you can continue to do that and add some more elite talent. And a good year for Mississippi State is to add have maybe six four-stars in a class of 25. Six or seven would be a great haul. Can you make that nine? Can you get two more guys so that in a four-year period, now you've got 36 four-star players? Five-star players for Mississippi State, very tough. Very tough. The last one, they've recruited two in the last uh, decade. 
both of them were outstanding All-American players, Jeff Simmons and Charles Cross. They hit on both of their five-star guys. So you can't go wrong with that, but you know, this is a state that doesn't produce a ton of five-star guys, and when they do get five-star guys, not only are State and Ole Miss going after them, but everybody else is coming in. You know, It's tough. It's tough to get those guys. But this, this team's philosophy, it, this is the way it's going to be. It's going to be this way going forward. That if you're a recruiting fan and, and you, you know, like Paul said, you're a guy that get a little nervous when the team's not rolling in commitments. Well, February through June is going to be tough for you with this particular Mississippi State staff. But come June, you're going to start feeling better. And that's, that's what happened. June 1st is when that camp was. There you go. They were, they were, they, they started rolling right there. So. Auburn almost out. Brian Harson nearly recruited. This, I think Auburn was like at 60% a couple of years ago. I'd be interested to see what everybody's is. But yeah, Alabama has more blue chips in its, in, probably in last year's class than State has on the roster. I mean, it, it's, it's tough. You, you, you wonder why you're not competing with Alabama? Well, that, that's why. Because they're recruiting like that, and and you're recruiting the way that you are. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't be competitive, and that's another that's a that's a topic for another day. The fact that they can't even be competitive with Alabama, we'll talk about that as we go along. But if you're wondering why State's not winning national title, there you go. You're just not recruiting well enough. Got to fix that, and it's tough. It's going to be really tough to do. I don't know that State will ever recruit well enough to win a national title, but they can recruit well enough to consistently win eight nine games. See how it goes. We'll wrap it up when we come back. I got a little, uh, I got a little announcement, and I hope you guys are going to come see me tomorrow. Where? I'll tell you when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. I am absolutely and completely thunderstruck. Wednesday evening, Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. If you ever missed this show, or you just really enjoy it and want to listen to it again, I mean, I would. I want to hear what Paul Jones had to say twice. It's always available wherever you get podcasts. Of course, it's also available at supertalk.fm, which is a website that if you don't have bookmarked, you absolutely should. All of the news that breaking around our state, anything related to Mississippi, opinion, uh, weather, and of course, sports for state, Ole Miss, USM, High school sports, we've got it all there at supertalk.fm. Which, uh, you know, by the way, oh, I, I forgot to mention, it's free. Yeah. In this, this day and age, you know, with inflation striking us everywhere, here at Supertalk, we, 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 we just give you the information. <laughs> You're welcome. No, we appreciate you guys, especially all of you guys who uh, tune in. And of course, those of you who tune into the Thunder and Lightning podcast, I really appreciate you guys. We've been number two in the nation over the last three weeks. We were number one 
for a couple uh, minutes uh, last week. Uh, you know, we're up against some you know some big time NFL podcasts and some much bigger college football podcasts than for Mississippi State, and yet we keep dominating them. So, really appreciate that. Tomorrow's pod is a great one because we are 12 weeks from the start of the season, which means if you're a longtime Thunder and Lightning listener, you know we're about to start our opponent previews and we go back to front. So, what are we doing on tomorrow's show? It's all about the Egg Bowl. Mississippi State Ole Miss, Michael Borky joins me. We'll get his thoughts on the Egg Bowl, but Robbie and I have plenty to say about Thanksgiving night, which is, you know, I guess technically 25 weeks away, if you're if you're doing the math there, but we are only 12 weeks from the start of the college uh, football season. So tomorrow, I am hopeful that you guys, if you're here in the Starkville area, if you're in the Golden Triangle, come out and say hello uh, I'm going to be at Little Dewey along with Robbie. We'll be doing a live uh, Thunder and Lightning podcast there. Live in terms of we're going to be there in the building. It's not a, it's not going out live. It'll be, it'll be our Friday podcast. Uh, but we're starting the Thunder and Lightning Catfish Tour, uh, sponsored by our friends at Superior Catfish. Tomorrow at the Little Dewey here in Starkville, we'll have uh, some people there from the restaurant, some people there from Superior Catfish. But also Mississippi State Athletic Director Zach Selman is going to join us. He's going to have lunch with us, a little catfish. And uh, we'll talk to him. He's had a, he's been a very busy man over these past few days. I don't know if you've kept up with that. He was in Destin last week, uh, hammering out the SEC schedule, and that you know, of course that was announced. And they're going to go with eight games this year with no divisions and and all of that. Today, he was in Washington D.C. with uh, with Dr. Mark Keenum, Coach Zach Arnett, and Coach Sam Purcell, uh, talking about NIL. Uh, you know, and of course, I'm really going to hit him up on that. And be like, look, y'all are really going to let the f- I'm about to go full gallo here. We're going to talk politics for a second. Uh, we're really going to let the federal government try to fix something? That's that's what we're going to do? Can the blind lead the blind? Shall they both not fall into the pit? What are we doing here? We're going to let the government try and fix something? What did President Reagan say? The worst thing you can ever hear is, Hi, I'm here from the government and I'm here to help. Come on. Figure it out. But I want to hear what he's got to say. I want to hear what you know what's going on in Washington. What you know, what's the difference with what Mississippi State has to say versus what Alabama has to say about NIL? Where where, where are the differences? And is there a middle ground? So we'll talk about that. Plus, I'm interested. Like, what's an athletic director's checklist during the summer? Like, what is he what is he looking down and saying? Okay, by June 30th, this better be done. We got to have this done by June 30th. We got to have this done by July 31st. You know, what's on the checklist? Because you get closer and closer to the start of school and the start of football season. So looking forward to talking to uh, Zach Selman. He's a great guy. I've enjoyed my conversations with him that I've had thus far. He, he's got the right sense of humor, too. He and I, we, we, I, can, I, can, I make the jokes, he gets the jokes. That's all I need out of an interview. If I make a joke, I want you to get the joke. I don't want you to be looking at me. I don't want you to give me that Richard Cross look that where you're like, I didn't get the reference. I didn't get the joke, Brian. I, I, need, I need you to get the joke. Zach Selman gets the jokes. So I appreciate that. 11.30 a.m. tomorrow, we'll get started up at Little Dewey. Come have some catfish or some delicious barbecue, and uh, have a great lunch, and you can listen to Thunder and Lightning as it happens on tomorrow's show. So should be a lot of fun. I'm excited. We've got a great tour. We're gonna get, we'll give you the rest of the dates uh, pretty soon. We've got four more stops. We're making uh, different stops, different places across the state. We're going down south into the Pine Belt. We're going to go up into North Mississippi, uh, and we've got some uh, some great uh, guests who are going to join us at each uh, each stop, as well. At least we're hoping so. And we got we, we 
you can only do so much there, right? Like the, oh yeah, I'm coming. All right, well we'll see. We'll see if we see you there. <laughs> see how that goes for us. So, should be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. All right. Tomorrow's uh, Thunder Lightning podcast, the Egg Bowl. You don't want to miss that. Like I said, Michael Borky will join me. Uh, and then tomorrow, Sports Talk Mississippi. Good stuff there. And then Friday on Sports Talk, we're going to be live in Greenville uh, with uh, Steve Azar at his uh, charity golf tournament. Looking forward to being out in uh, the Delta. Very, very much looking forward to that. So that'll be a lot of fun. Guys, have a great Wednesday night. Thank you, Rhino, for all you do down there in Studio X. Glad I'm following you on Twitter now. You better be funny. I want to I want, I want to laugh when I, when I read your tweets. We'll see what happens. Talk to you guys later. This is Thunder and Lightning, Super Talk Mississippi. Later. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.